Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. A Dear Media original podcast. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Right before we get into this week's episode, I really quickly want to talk to you about something really delicious, which is, of course, HelloFresh. You guys, HelloFresh recipes are so easy to follow and quick to make with steps and pictures to guide you along the entire way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. For me as a mom, that is ideal. There's something for everyone, including weekly low-calorie, vegetarian, and family-friendly recipes. HelloFresh has already donated over 4 million meals to charity in 2020, and now they're stepping up food donations to local communities and the food insecurity crisis and pandemic. If you guys cook like me, then you know that the most time-consuming part of the whole process is the prep, the preparation. It's measuring everything out. It's washing everything. It's chopping everything. So when I have these busy days with being at the office and then my kids come home off of the bus, I usually have about 30 to 45 minutes to make dinner because my kids are starving. And for me as a mom, this is such a game changer because everything is already portioned out for you. All you have to do is open up the packaging and throw it together. It's such a breeze, you guys. So honestly, you got to check out HelloFresh. It's no surprise why they are America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Beach16 and use code Beach16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Beach16 and use code Beach16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. You guys, trust me, you're going to want to check out America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. I mean, you're a boy crazy. I was. I still am. A lot am. of people at that age. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. So uh, some things never change. Some things never change. What's up, everybody? It is back to the beach with Kristen and Steven. We are here again. I am Stephen Coletti, and this is 
Kristen Cavallari, hello. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Kristen. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good, 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 good. Good. <gasps> Greetings and salutations. Well, <laughs> we've got another episode for you guys today. We have episode 104 entitled 18 Candles, which that title, where does it come from? A movie? 16 Candles? Oh, 16 Candles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. There we go. Look at you. It is described as Christina celebrates a birthday blowout ahead of her trip to New York City, leaving Elsie and Lowe out in the cold when they're cut from the guest <laughs> list. You know what I, I love about this little explanation? Okay, so I'm not in literally it. my thoughts exactly. This episode, I got to kick back, relax. I was like, the drama is not surrounding me. I'm barely in this episode. It was kind of a nice departure from the other ones. It was a breath, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was a breath of fresh air for me. I was like, oh, thank God. God, I'm not in this episode really. And I actually get to kind of enjoy this on a different level because yeah, those first three episodes, whew, rough. They, they, they were a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. That's they for gave sure. us a week off <laughs> here. Like, Thank you for giving us a break. <laughs> well, not, not quite because of course they still tee up with the previously on uh, with Lauren's voiceover and they have her saying, you know, talking about what happened in the episodes before it says the next day, you know, Stephen went running back to Kristen which uh, again, MTV just kind of setting up that this timeline that we're on is their world and not actually what was really going on in, in real life. Yeah, it was interesting because I really do feel like they were really setting the groundwork for a rivalry of the senior girls. So Morgan and Christina versus Lauren and Lowe, which to be honest, kind of came out of left field. Being friends with them and living through the experience, I didn't think it was that random because... Lowe and Lauren weren't actually great friends with Christina and Morgan. But if you're just watching it as a viewer, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. Okay. There's, there's a battle going on, you know, girls versus girls. And it kind of comes out of left field. So I thought that was interesting and I don't really understand their reasoning for it. Any sort of little tidbit of drama that they can latch onto and create something out of, they're going to take it and they're going to blow it up to, to build story for TV. Right. And yeah, it was a little bit out of left field for me as well. I don't, I don't remember that happening, of course, in real life. But I was like, oh, yeah, they had this little moment where these two girls are friends and these two girls are friends as well. And they have a little bit of a competition between the two of them. Right. And I will say where they wind up setting up and we'll get to it at the end where they have a little moment in the nail salon that played so well into MTV's hands because they had really started. I think, well, of course, they had, they knew that they had that moment where they had this nail salon kind of meet up and there were some awkward comments exchanged back and forth where when they edit them together, it could really look like these two groups of girls don't like each other. And I think that you could kind of see the the break in, in this click that MTV was creating for our show when Morgan and Christina are driving in that car and they're talking about the birthday party and Morgan says, it's, it's not that random that they weren't invited because they weren't invited to their birthdays, you know? And so it's like, again, there's this friendship that is much bigger, you know, on camera for MTV, but in real life, they're more just acquaintances because, you know, everyone in Laguna does know each other. It was a, a small town. It's a little bubble. So you hang out with everybody and you see everybody at different times. But when it comes down to having birthday parties or like intimate gatherings, you're not going to see a lot of people. And then MTV, of course, needed to have their people that were going to be on the show, that were fit all their storylines, be together when they, when they could. So MTV is also talking to them about having them set up why they're not going to be at the birthday party. And it's totally normal for them. But the MTV can twist it in a way, say, well, we're just not going to invite them. Right. And then kind of share that with the girls. Right. I actually felt like this episode was more true to what was going on than the previous episodes because... 
I felt as though they were trying to force, as we've talked about, the whole group of people together when in reality, we weren't all hanging out and Lo, Lauren, Christina and Morgan as well. But they were they were really forcing it the first few episodes. So this was the first episode in the whole season where I feel like, okay, they were actually kind of showing what was really going on. And Mm. for example, and I've talked about it on previous episodes, I was actually pretty close to Christina and Morgan, which they don't talk about. But then I'm randomly at Christina's birthday party in this episode, like no mention of that. I mean, so I don't know. I just, I think some of it's kind of funny. And when you really break it down to me, it's so obvious, but obviously watching it just as a viewer, not knowing the backstory, you probably don't even question those things. I was wondering if you being at that birthday party was random to you. Like, do you remember being invited to it? Do you remember the producers inviting you? Or obviously MTV has to set up a birthday party for Christina where they know that they can shoot and people that are going to come are going to be on camera. But as far as you, the process of that event going down, what do you remember from it? No, I mean, I actually, I was pretty close to Christina and Morgan and I do feel like filming brought us closer, but we, the three of us actually, we had a ton of fun together. I mean, I really liked them a lot and I will say, and this might not be my place to say it, and I would love to have Christina and Morgan on, but their personas on the show were definitely beefed up for the show. You know, the fact that Christina is the daughter of a preacher and, you know, they're virgins and all of this and that. There was obviously truth to it, but it was really enhanced for the show. And I almost would say it was more from both of the girls rather than MTV. Even when we're leaving Joe's Crab Shack and Christina and Morgan are standing outside and Morgan's like, you know, I'm just so thankful I have a friend like you who, you know, like understands what I'm going through. To me, that was all a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) I'm sorry. And this probably isn't my place, but they were just as rowdy and fun as I was, but they really were into this whole image, which I totally get. And there is a place on the show for it without a doubt. Sure. I think, yeah, they bought into the image that MCV wanted to portray them as, right? Because they're the producers are talking to them, kind of setting them up for that moment. Because yeah, that moment outside of Joe's Crab Shack, when they're having a little talk and, and our friendship, it's it's like- Like no one else oh, understands I don't know. At least guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, do girls normally have this kind of conversation no. where I, I know maybe like, you know, uh, a moment where you tell each other you love each other, but uh, to really <laughs> have a pause, be like, can I just say the way that you see the world I know. and the way that I see the world, the fact that we align in those places and we can be friends <laughs> and all those people over there Crazy. with their sideways morals yeah, exactly. are completely bananas, but we're good friends. It's so funny. <laughs> they were kind of not alienating, but they really were carving them out to this place on the side as far as the girls that weren't doing bad things or, or, you know, getting in all sorts of trouble as teenagers. And of course, yeah, I think that they welcome that. Morgan was, you know, I could know, I've known Christina a very long time. We, we were, our parents uh, were good friends growing up. So Christina and I have a long history of, I mean, from when we were kids, just getting all sorts of trouble together. And so, yeah, it was a little weird for them to paint you know, Christina really in that (laughs) preacher's daughter, you know, goody, goody light, because I'm like, oh, I know Christina. Mm. Christina likes to have a little fun, Mm -hmm. of course. Exactly. (laughs) Well, this is a huge episode for Christina. I mean, she, you know, gets an opportunity to audition for either Wicked, Rent, or Hairspray. So she goes to New York City with Morgan for spring break while the rest of us go to Cabo, which we'll talk about later. You know, and it was obviously about her birthday as well. So I would say this episode was primarily centered around Christina. And I, again, it was very nice to just watch it as a viewer and not have to worry about my own personal shit for once. (laughs) Absolutely. I I saw in the beginning when 
Christina's talking to her mom and they, and they have this, it's actually a sweet moment where Christina finds out that she's got this audition. There's a nice, honest moment where Christina's like, what do I do? And, and her mom is saying, just sing your heart out, just be Christina, which I thought was really sweet. But then I'm like, all right, well, what's the truth here? Is, is Was there an audition here? Christina's, the church that she grew up uh, in with, with her dad being a preacher at, you know, I knew that she would sing sometimes there. She has a singing background. I'm sure MTV wanted to bring that you know, to the forefront a little bit and and play with that and see what they could do. And, and I'm sure somebody came up with the idea of let's get these small town kids in New York City. Let's get them in the big city. Let's have an audition for Christina. And then let's just see what happens. Right. Yeah. You know, I actually, I was like, all right, let me ask Christina. So I sent her a text. Oh, you did? So, I love it. Get to yeah, the bottom I was of like, it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So first of all, Chris and I are doing this podcast. She's like, oh my God, awesome. I was like, you guys, you need to come on. I want to have you on with Morgan. She's like, great. I was like, New York, was that just completely all set up by MTV or what? She was like, yep. And they made me sing Mandy Moore. Oh <laughs> text my gosh, poor girl. With an up-down smiley face. <laughs> so having that knowledge, I'm like, all right, all right, back, back it all up. The real question is, now where did MTV actually see this going? Because when we get to that audition, she sings her heart out. And I give her, first of all, an incredible amount of credit yes. because she's singing a song that she doesn't know. I mean, you know this. Auditioning already is an absolute beast. It, it is a situation that is set up for you to kind of walk into it and fail most yes. of the time. It's tough. Yeah. And to go in there without any experience with cameras rolling for probably the, maybe the like 10th day in your life that you've ever been on camera in that way. This is, you know, she, this had to have been only her 10th or 11th day, you know, shooting the show. So the comfort level with that in the city, and then just having to just go for it, I mean, she did it, and and I give her major props for that. But I'm very curious as to what MTV really wanted to get from that moment because they had the casting director, you know, say, well, we're looking for people that are committed to acting, committed to, you know, the part, as opposed to someone who's just stepping in here. It's like, well, MTV set up this whole situation for her to just step in here and sing a song and basically get put in her place by this casting director from New York. It's brutal. Well, I think that was the point because... Even the casting director says in the episode that, you know, normally she doesn't give feedback the way that she did. Obviously, that was for the show. And she did not hold back. I mean, she definitely let Christina have it. And unfortunately, and I actually felt really bad for Christina at the time, I think MTV set her up to fail. Totally. Yeah. And that's that's unfortunate because like you said, I mean, I can't even imagine how nervous she must have been. That is so much pressure. So props to her for even doing it. But yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, she had all of the odds against her. So it's it's too bad. But in the same yeah. breath, it's kind of a cool experience, though, too. You know, she was in high school. She did get to go to New York. She got to audition for a huge casting director. So, I mean, that's all great stuff, you know, and every audition, you can build your confidence more and more. So I, I don't look at anything as a regret. I do think we can learn from every opportunity. But yeah, the odds were against her without a doubt. 100%. I agree with you there. I think she handled it really well. And I do like that genuine that kind of pure innocence when they do get to the city and they're excited about their hotel room, they're walking around the city and you do, you get a feel for the, the fish out of water moment that they're in because they're cruising around the city and the contrast of course, of Laguna beach, California to times square is, is strong. And 
they showed that they did a good job of, of, of sharing that. But wait, really quickly, while we're talking about their hotel room, the W in Times Square is where they always put us up every time we would go to do TRL or whatever it was. <laughs> that is always where we stayed. So I was laughing when I saw it on the show. It brought back so many memories. <laughs> That's funny. So there's a moment where they're sitting outside a cafe and Morgan is is wanting to talk about it. I'm sure Christina at this point is, is so tired of talking about it. And anytime... <laughs> You know, MTV setting this all up, so they need her to uh, just constantly share her emotions and feelings of how she feels about this incredibly nerve-wracking moment that is approaching. And Christina's saying, "I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it." And Morgan's like, "Okay, I'll stop talking." <laughs> but it's funny because you know Morgan was being told by producers like, "Just keep asking her. You know, how are you feeling? Reminding her like, okay, are you good?" And yeah. So Christina's like, "Can we just shut up, please?" Not talking about it on a reality show is not really an option <laughs> unless they're going to exactly. do what they did to Christina and make a whole example out of it. <laughs> Boy, did we get a crash course in that? Oh yeah, no kidding. All right, you guys, I have Steven here with me again to talk about HelloFresh. Steven, I know that you recently tried it. So what are your favorite things about it? Uh, guys, I've, I've been all over this website now. Um, I have to say there, there is an incredibly diverse selection of meals that you can get, uh, whether you're a pescatarian, whether you just want veggies, whether you want meat and veggies, it could be family friendly. One of my favorite things about this website and HelloFresh is the variety that they offer you. And it's all really delicious. I've had a few meals now and I don't have a single complaint about anything that I've had. So I can't recommend this enough, guys. HelloFresh offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. HelloFresh offers 50 weekly recipes featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so you'll never get bored. Try something new every week. Now more than ever, HelloFresh is committed to making sure that fresh, delicious food is available. As part of this mission, they've taken extra steps to keep their employees and customers safe, including no-contact delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. Yeah, guys, listen. So I already told you how much I love going on the website, looking at all the different menus and everything they have to offer. But then once you've made your selections and you get that little knock on your door and sitting outside is this beautiful HelloFresh box that inside has these basically adult-sized sack lunches where, you know, we all got those little brown bags we took to school when we were a kid. Now we get them, but the souped up version. Inside, they're little HelloFresh bags. They've got all the ingredients separated for you. It's separated into the meals. It's very easy. You can pick one open it up like a gift, get all the ingredients out, lay it out, and get ready to make your super easy at-home meal kit. Can't recommend it enough, guys. Go to HelloFresh.com Beach16 and use code Beach16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com Beach16 and use code Beach16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Trust me, you guys, you are going to want to check out America's number one meal kit. Let's go back in the episode a little bit to the birthday party at the Crab Shack because this is an exciting, fun little bit. And <laughs> there's a few pieces in here that I got excited about because we do have a lot of honest, real, pure moments of kids just being kids. And then also some great moments of certain personalities and people that were actually maybe going to be on the show that actually weren't on the show. But you remember you, know, you were invited to this and it wasn't weird for you to go. You were saying that because you guys were friends. And you got there and you got this guy that's over here at this other table. Do you remember, was he staged or was that a real thing? Okay, no. So he was real. This, okay. 
I will tell you, I love this scene actually, because I felt like this was the first time in the whole season so far that you actually got to see my real personality. And yes, are yeah. there still MTV moments like where they made it seem like you and I are together and I'm over here getting some guy's number? Like, absolutely. That was all MTV. Or I think at one point they made it seem like Christina was maybe a little mad at me. She's like kind of rolling her eyes and stuff. None of that was real. But what I did like was that that was me. I really was always down to just have fun, be goofy and silly. I mean, my interactions with Gary, who, so Gary is the guy who was sitting with me, who was one of our dear friends in high school, such a love. You can tell that there's just such an innocence between that friendship and he's egging me on. And, and I just thought it was a really sweet, fun moment. We were kids being kids and it was silly, but no, that, that guy was real. The whole thing was very, very real. <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned Gary. When I saw him, I got really excited because his personality, very infectious. Both of you, you both have very infectious personalities. So they put the two of you together and it's like a supernova. <laughs> and it, it really, it comes through on screen in a very entertaining way. It is sad that the audience was, they got shafted because Gary was an incredible guy who we were all friends with. It was very fun, as Kristen just alluded to. And he was going to be on the show. Do you remember that? But then yeah. I think his parents at the last minute were like, absolutely not. Yeah. Gary comes from a Mormon family, which I think is important to note because, um, yep. you know, they were, they were pretty strict. And so, yes, last minute he had to pull out, which uh, was so sad because Gary would have been the breakout star, honestly. <laughs> yeah. The audience was absolutely robbed of an incredible personality by not getting Gary on there because he is a ton of fun and still speak to him today. Just awesome human being. So it's cool to have a little moment in there where we get to see a little bit of Gary. And yeah, I agree with you. This this shows your personality in a great way. It shows that young innocence that wants to have a good time, that's still figuring things out and still gets really nervous <laughs> around certain boys. Like you have that line where you're like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. And you're just like blushing and you're like, oh my God, he's so cute. Oh my God, oh my God. Like, what's going on? What do I do? And But you also kind of handle yourself. You're like, take charge. You're like, all right, I'm writing the note. And you're like, Gary, back me up. This is what we're going to do. And there's a little moment they're showing you do something. And I think it was like when you're saying they're trying to, to show maybe a little bit of, of jealousy from Christina, although she does have that sweet moment where she laughs, where she was like, tell him it's from me, yeah. not her. I thought which, that was which cute. Was honest, yeah. <laughs> that when she's smiling as she's saying it, of course. But when he comes over, I don't think they show it, but I believe he says, who wrote the note? Because there's a moment just after he leaves where Gary says, who do you think wrote the note? You know, it's like oh, it's almost like he was mocking him. That. Oh. He was mocking him for as for saying who wrote the note. And he was kind of like, What do you mean who wrote the note? That, come on. Yeah, he come was on. like, of course come it was on, Kristen man. over here. The one that was like freaking out and, yeah. and you know, trying to contain herself. I tell him that I'm 21. <laughs> I think yes. I was 17 at the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm 21. <laughs> that is a great moment. You were, yeah. I mean, you're boy crazy. I was. I still a lot am. of people at that age. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate to that. So uh, some things do never change. Some things never That's change. Awesome. But yeah, I didn't like that they made it seem like, I think there's a scene right before Joe's Crab Shack where you're with the guys and you say that we're back together. And then next thing you know, I'm literally flirting with this guy trying to get his number. Like, that's just shitty. I'm sorry. Even if they could show a little bit of my personality, my real personality, they still had to like throw that dagger and try to make it seem like I was just always the bad guy. 100%. I had a big problem with that scene as well. It's actually after, or I guess it's split between the Crab Shack where we, we go to the guys, funny little roughhousing moment. And we're just giggling, you know, very high voices. Clearly, we're still trying to hit puberty. 
And then we go into the settled in moment where MTV, of course, has set up this scene because they need something. And this is obviously going back after they look at the whole show, like, all right, this is how we need to fill in the gaps to tie everything together. We need a moment where Steven is saying, we're getting back together. I saw this moment I and I know. was like, you know what's happening here? There's a lot. It's, it's first of all, they're, they're teeing you up to be, uh, you're constantly, you know, just there's no relationship in your life. And even though you say that we're in a relationship, you're just out there trying to find other guys. They're playing on that in, in a crazy way. But then also they have me saying, you know, I've learned a lot. I'll be good this time. Yeah. And at that age, you kind of say like, oh, no, I'm going to be good this time. Like, I'm going to protect myself. Like, <laughs> I know what to do. I know what I know. Kristen's a handful. I'm ready. <laughs> like, we've gone through a lot. So I'm prepared to go into this next phase. Boy, was I <laughs> a naive little boy. Oh, man. <laughs> if I could just go back. Like, Steven, just just run. Run. Just run for the Don't do it, Steven. <laughs> but they use that moment of like, I'll be good this time as if, I'm not going to step out. And I had a huge problem with this because, look, obviously they created this show around this love triangle and there's moments where you and I were broken up and they had learned about Lauren and I hooking up and being very good friends. And, you know, obviously stuff happened at certain times, but at no point ever, whenever we were together, you know, would I step out on you in that way? And they really paint that, of course, that that's what I'm doing throughout the show, which I, which I have a huge problem with. But in that moment, they used... My words of like, I'll be good this time. I got this kind of in a way, meaning like, I'm going to be good this time. I'm not going to fuck it up. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, step out on her, which, uh, so that, that made my blood boil a little bit. It's like they decided to just put us in a box and they would not stray from that for the entire season. You know, like they decided, okay, this is how we're going to make Steven look. And I don't care what's really going on in his life. We are going to continue to hammer that home and keep going back to that same storyline. Yes. And same with you. Well, all of us, because I mean, I could make the same argument for everybody. Lauren, Christina, Morgan. I mean, truly, I think everybody. Yeah. They drill those personality traits that they wanted to blow up for each person or, or heighten with each person. They drill them in constantly and they're constantly reminding the audience. That's why one of the key parts of the show is the previously on and Lauren's voiceover because mm -hmm. you have very clear, seemingly honest moments where she's explaining what happened and look what's about to happen, yeah. right? And the audience, that's getting drilled into them. And then with you know the genius of their editing, you have to hand it to them. They really crafted this storyline in, in a way that I think that's what made audiences really engaged. And that's, I think, the nuts and bolts of the show mm -hmm. is they had stories and, and, and naive kids learning about what is going on in their lives and really setting up those situations for it to kind of thrive again. Or, you know, finding a way to have a friend ask a question or getting you to talk about something similar or talk about it in this way and us having no idea that they could pull certain parts of our sentences and then put them together. Right. Because they use your mouth off camera. Yeah. And then they've now created a storyline that fits their narrative that they need to put out there. So when you see some of the stuff all throughout the show um, where those moments happen and they are pivotal moments in the show and they're talking about stuff that you're very sensitive to as a little kid because obviously our relationship, we cared about it a lot. <laughs> and to twist and turn it and make it seem like it's just this big shit show. I mean, look, we, we were definitely messy at times, but like this absolute <laughs> shit show right. that is like, what are these kids even doing? It's hard to see because when you watch it and you get the tapes three days before it airs, 
you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And you've got no Twitter or, or Instagram to go on and explain yourself. You don't have publicists at the time to put out a remark. You can't do jack shit. Couldn't. You are so helpless. They got so lucky that we didn't have social media at that time because you know I would have been all over that thing going, this didn't happen here and that's not true. <laughs> but you know what I just thought of? I'm going to be really curious to compare how we were season one to season two, because obviously when we filmed season two, we had seen season one. We saw how they edited us, how they spliced things together, all of that stuff. So I'll be curious to see if we went into it differently or I, I don't know. I, Cause I think with season one, there was so much innocence with us and we had no idea what we were getting into. So I'm excited to watch season two to just see if there's a huge difference or not. Yeah. So I have to ask the guy at Crab Shack, have you talked to him? Did you guys ever talk after that? It's my new boyfriend. No, I don't. I honestly don't think that we ever spoke after that. Not that I remember anyways. I wonder if he's tried to DM you at any point. I'm like, hey, do you remember episode 104, 18 <laughs> yeah. Candles of Laguna Beach, through Orange County in 2004? I was that guy. Yeah, maybe when this podcast comes out, I'll check the DMs. <laughs> no, I honestly, here's the thing with me is, I think I was probably like having fun and playing it up for the camera. And I probably never had any intention of really talking to that guy ever again. Yeah. (laughs) Everything was just to have fun. (laughs) It's a great moment. And him too. I think he's got his seven diamonds button up shirt. Very 2004. I feel like it was the the (laughs) uniform for someone going out to a club or going out in Vegas. You could almost just picture the the black slip on shoes underneath the table (laughs) with the blue jeans. It's, it's funny, but Hey, I, I give him credit. He was very composed. He probably didn't know. It looks like he's with his girlfriend or maybe he was I, with I a was wondering the know. same thing. I'm like, he's with <laughs> a like, girl. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> but shout out to that guy because he got to be in the show and then never be in the show again. And that was his only moment. I feel like you'd be like, you know what? He won. That's my one reality TV moment. Yeah, yeah. 15 seconds of fame or Literally. whatever. So. Literally. Okay, can we talk about the nail salon? Because I love this scene so much because this is so classic MTV. Never in a million years would this have happened. So it's Morgan and Christina in a nail salon getting their nails done, literally just talking shit about Lauren and Lowe. And then (laughs) what do you know? Lauren and Lowe walk in right on cue. This never would have happened. And it's just so funny that at the time, no one really questioned it. I don't think. It was just like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Laguna Beach is so small that this is what happens. No, that was obviously so set up. But the awkwardness, I just, I mean, you could really feel it. And I just thought that just as a viewer, obviously, I wasn't involved. So it's much easier for me to just watch it as a viewer. I actually thought the scene was really entertaining, really good. There were so many little one-liners, so many looks. Books, so many just little digs that I actually thought it was kind of genius. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. This was a very entertaining scene. And I give a lot of props to MTV for the way that they cut this together. Because there's also, I think, there's a natural awkwardness of being on camera, being around each other, not really being friends. Of course, you have from the beginning of the episode when Lauren and Lowe are, I guess they're shopping for makeup. And they're having this conversation about Christina and Morgan. MTV is telling them we need to have this conversation. And, you know, we heard that Morgan said this. They're probably feeding something there for Lauren to then say, where Lowe's like, wait a minute. And then they're kind of bringing that up, you know, down the road here. I don't know when this was shot, but of course, you know, the producers are talking to them saying, oh, you remember that one time, the birthday party and, and, you know, Morgan possibly said this. We're not really sure. We can't say for sure. And then just kind of having them, you know, arrive to the same location and then just letting that natural 
awkward energy of them being in the same place with the cameras, having to wait on them. <laughs> I guarantee when Lo and Lauren rolled up, they saw Morgan and Christina for the first time, like, oh, whoa, they're here. And then one of the producers steps out and goes, oh, we're sorry. Like, we thought we were going to be done with the girls, but they're actually, they're taking a little bit longer. So why don't you guys just come on inside for a second? <laughs> you know, my favorite part of this whole scene was that I feel like this is the first time we really got to see Lois' personality. Like, she has so many great one-liners in this scene. And I think, too, because it wasn't about us, you know, so we could really just watch it as a viewer. I was just sitting there like, wow, every little thing that comes out of her mouth, I was like, it's so good. At one point, she says, when Morgan is like, Christina, did you tell them what you get to do in New York? And she's like, what do you get to do in New York? And like, rolls her eyes. I was like, God, it's just so good. <laughs> and then Lois talking to Christina, like, did you get an SMU? And Christina's like, Yes. And then I was like, whew, dodged a bullet there. Probably knowing that that Morgan didn't get into BYU. Oh my gosh. It was great. Really awesome scene as a viewer, I will say. <laughs> and speaking of Not About Us, there's a scene with Lauren getting bad grades. Another great scene between Lauren and Lo and Lauren's parents, actually, Jim and Kathy. They have a little dinner and they're talking. And I guess Lauren is getting put in jail, as her dad called it, which is great. She's getting grounded. And then we cut to a little bit later and Lo is now over on the phone. Lo is constantly on the phone. I don't know if she's got somewhere to be, she's got people to see, but she's either on a flip phone Busy. or a house phone. She's very <laughs> important at, at 17 years old. But the whole argument is Lauren was talking with her dad saying, you said I can just kind of cruise, but Lauren gets a kind of a, a quarterly report for the second semester and it's a little worse than just cruising. I think she was getting some <laughs> D's and possible F's as they as they mentioned. This isn't, this isn't me. <laughs> they were saying that she got D's and F's. They're arguing about it and then Lauren's mom comes in, has a great line saying, D's and F's is not cruising. That's failing. And then Lo completely flips on Lauren and she's like, ooh, actually, your mom's right, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren's like, wait, Lo, come on. Like we're supposed to, you're supposed to be fighting for me because I think Lo is over there trying to get Lauren to come out with her. Yep. Great moment though. I think this is obviously an IRL moment with with the family and Lauren just really doing more than cruising her second semester of senior year, which we all did. I mean, didn't you? Oh God. Yeah. Senior year was a joke, even first semester too. But that's why I thought this scene was so relatable. I feel like we've all kind of been there. I mean, senior year at Laguna Beach High School is a year that you cruise. I got out at noon every day, if not earlier. I think I had four classes. And, you know, yeah. once you're in school or deciding that you're not going to go to school, it's kind of like, okay, well, why am I going to work really hard to get good grades? So you're just there to have fun. Yeah, senior year, if you have any classes after lunch, you're overachieving there. Truly. Like, let's, let, let's save it for college, okay? You're already in. You know where you're going. You're yep. being accepted. So we don't need to do six classes senior year. You got good grades, though, didn't you? I what? vaguely remember that. I thought you got good. Well, maybe, I think yeah, any, let's, anyone let's was better that. than mine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, senior year, I think because I had four classes, I did pretty well. I just didn't fully apply myself. My priorities were definitely on playing sports and having a social life. Yeah. So I was not committed to the books at that point in my life. I was kind of saving myself for college, you know, <laughs> as we do. I do remember my parents were very impressed because I got straight A's my senior year, but I, my classes were at photography, ceramics, yeah, the government econ were easy. English was, I enjoyed writing. So there was that. You probably remember that. I'm glad that I left on a good note because before that we're sitting at a lot of B's, some oh, A's. We were okay. a solid like three, 
four, maybe. That's good, though. What was your GPA? My first semester of junior year, I got a 3.6, which was a big deal for me. I was very excited about it. And then MTV came and my grades definitely dropped, which I want to say I maybe got a 3.0 or a 3.2. I don't really remember, but it was substantial. <laughs> you were cruising. You were not I was failing. cruising before I should have been cruising. <laughs> There you go. All right. So then we have a scene with Lauren and Talon having, I guess, drinks. When I first saw them together, a little awkward. I mean, I don't really remember their history. I do vaguely remember them potentially hooking up at one point, semi-dating. Mm -hmm. But again, this whole season with Talon, it's so interesting to me because all of a sudden he just shows up in a scene and then he's gone. And then here he is again in a random scene. So it's almost like they didn't know how to quite use him yet. <laughs> He comes in with some great one-liners, though. He's He's got some good ones. But yeah, I really, I thought this moment, the I could see this playing out. MTV wants them to get together, probably do a dinner. I could see Lauren pushing back saying, I don't go to dinner with Talon. Like, all right, well, let's, what about, like, just go in and grab a drink. Like, we just need you guys to catch up. Obviously, their intention is where they get in the scene, which is to talk about our relationship. But at first, they're like, well, we want Talon to talk. You guys are talking about your grades. And then they get into the stuff that they want. But I could see there being a back and forth and then them kind of settling on, oh, well, we'll just meet up for a drink, mm -hmm. which obviously you don't meet up for a drink at 17, 18 years old. You can't do that because we can't drink. So for it's really funny. Yeah. So it's really funny. They're, they're having a soda, yeah. which I mean, you know, I don't think you and I just met up anywhere for a soda ever. I mean, ever. We also had our fake IDs at this point, but that's Yeah. That's I'm pretty sure story. we were meeting up for drinks. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and then Talon's talking to Lauren, you know, about her grades and, she, you know, Lauren's venting to her. And I love how Talon gets in there and he offers to assist her. He offers to tutor her, which is really funny, but then really quickly comes back and says, well, actually probably shouldn't because I'm actually in the same predicament. Yeah. <laughs> Talon, he's, oh, to me, he's like always wheeling and dealing, you know, he's like that guy who's like always on. He's like an agent. And I just, yeah. he makes me laugh so hard on the show. He says here also where he wants to be a high schooler for six years classic, which That's is ironic because he actually dropped out senior year to become a recording artist. So he what? didn't, yeah, he didn't even oh. finish high school. <laughs> I, I'm assuming he got his GED. I mean, I don't know all of the details, but no, I mean, senior year, he dropped out. He moved up to LA. I know he was recording an album. I mean, that's why Alex and I would go up and, and visit him and, and stay with him. We'll have to have him on though, because I am curious to see if what I remember is accurate. Um, so we'll hopefully get to talk to Talon later in the yeah, season. I spoke to him about it and he's coming on. So he's excited. Okay, good, good, good. Well, there is a comment, this scene that I wasn't crazy about. Lauren insinuates that I fought a lot of girls. I would love to know one girl I fought because I honestly don't remember not one. <laughs> this bumped me too. I was trying to like rack my brain on this. I was like, did Kristen ever fight anybody? I was like, I don't think so. Maybe a couple. a fighter. Verbal. I mean, yeah. yeah, well, I could kill anybody verbally, but I. But even that, I don't remember getting in girl fights. Like, that's not something that was ever part of my life. No memories of pulling hair or holding on to hair for a long time? No, I mean- Chunks out of girls' yeah, heads? I would be honest about that. I really don't remember that. I mean, we can open up the phone lines and if I fought you, call in, let me know. And I am sorry, but I really stand by the comment that I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to need the, the number to that phone line. Well, yeah, you're probably the only person that could call in. <laughs> call in a bunch of different voices. <laughs> yeah. But 
this is one of the things with doing a reality show is you would hear what people would say about you behind your back. And Talon really defended both me and our relationship in this scene. And that was really nice to see. He he had my back personally telling Lauren that I'm fun and all this stuff. And then he really defended our relationship saying that love is a hard thing to break. So I thought that yeah. was a nice moment. Yeah, there was, you know, Lauren says, he's constantly saying, I want to get out of this. I want to get away from Kristen. And Talon comes back and they end the scene with the line where he says, love is a hard thing to break, which that moment that, yeah, that pricked me in my cold black heart over here. That was <laughs> something that, that stuck with me because it's, it was very true. You know, in our world at that time, our adolescent love, it was, that was everything. And you didn't want it to end. You wanted to keep going. It was almost like we would, you know, we would imagine that it would go back to the way things were in the beginning. And after all of any fights or things happened, it was, uh, this idea that, you know, everything's still going to be okay and you just, you can't really step out of it and take a whole 360 view. You know, you're just, you're right in the middle of it all. You don't want to lose it. And so, and you're, you're scared to lose it, right? You're scared yeah. to imagine life without it. And so you're, you're hanging on and ultimately causes a lot more damage than good as, as we learned, you know, we've as got, we are we've got, reliving through <laughs> we've, yeah, we've got Cabo coming up and that's where of course everything comes to a head. But yeah, when Talon said that, that one struck me a bit because it was very true. It was, you know, to what we knew love at, at that age, it was, it was love. And so it was what always kind of kept us coming back to each other when, you know, things happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, I want to take a second to talk to you about ZocDoc, which if you don't know what this website is, uh, you need to check it out. You, you're missing out big time. So, ZocDoc, whether you need a doctor, a dentist, anybody that you need to search for in your neighborhood for something specifically that you need to get taken care of, you can see on their website, it is super easy. You can type in what you need a doctor or a dentist for or whatever it is, and then you've got all these great filters on there. I was able to go in there for teeth whitening, type in teeth whitening, and then all the doctors within my area pop up. There's all these reviews. Uh, there's even appointments available. It's super easy. It is one of the most user-friendly websites that I've ever been on. I highly recommend you check it out. Even if you don't need to go on today for something specifically, just go on and take a look at it. You can actually see all the reviews, and you really do feel confident about the choice you're making. Kristen, you ever use ZocDoc? Yeah, I have. And you know, it's really nice if you are moving to a new city and you have to start over because that's always my biggest fear with moving is where do you even begin? You guys, ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed. They take your insurance and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or honestly, anything else. ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Find and review local doctors. Read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's definitely my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com beach and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash beach. ZocDoc.com slash beach. 
You guys, I'm so excited that I've been working with Embark because they allow pup parents to learn more about their dog's health insights and their breed with the highest rated dog DNA test on the market. Your dog knows everything about you. Shouldn't you know about your dog? Right up top, I would like to thank EmbarkVet.com for supporting Back to the Beach. You guys go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $40 with promo code BEACH. All right, if you're not familiar with Embark, it is an incredible tool for dog owners that screens more than 215 genetic health risks across 350 breeds. You guys, that's more breeds tested than any other dog DNA test. I was lucky enough to test my German Shepherd, Kona. I got her results back recently, and I'm so happy because they informed me that she is, in fact, 100% German Shepherd. Thank goodness, because I had a feeling she was, but, you know, you can never be too sure. And also, I'm really happy because I got great news. She is not at an increased risk for genetic health conditions. So that just gives me peace of mind, knowing that my sweet little Kona is all clear. But if you do get a serious health result, Embark is so great because they're going to reach out to you and one of their experts will talk you through the entire process. And then from there, you can, of course, talk to your vet about your game plan moving forward. As a dog owner, Embark was such an easy choice for me. The process is simple. It's just a cheek swab in their mouth. They have free shipping. You send it off. Embark is found to be the most trusted dog DNA test based on a blind study of 2,000 dog owners. In addition to the genetic health screening and breed identification, Embark offers the Mystery Relative Finder, which offers the ability to find your dog's relatives from close to distant. Embark actually gave me Kona's Relative Finder results, and I gotta say, it's pretty interesting. Embark offers the most scientifically advanced dog DNA test. Their test analyzes more than 230,000 genetic markers. That's over twice as much genetic data as the competition. And right now, Embark has a limited time offer on their breed and health kit and purebred kit for our listeners. Go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $40 with promo code BEACH. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code BEACH to save $40 today. Well, all right. Do you have a do-over from this episode? Honestly, I'm happy to say that it took me a minute to think of a do-over because I was barely in this episode. I which know. Which we love. Which <laughs> so we, uh, great. <laughs> yeah. So I enjoy just being more of, of a spectator on this one. But I do have a moment. Uh, I still, uh, my do-over is I wish I hit puberty sooner because <laughs> I still have a very high voice when we're all giggling and roughhousing <laughs> at Trey's house. <laughs> Yeah, pretty sure we hit puberty at that age, but we sure don't sound like it. Oh, it's cute though. Well, I'm in the same boat. I actually don't have a do-over because I think I was in one scene in this entire episode and it's the first time you got to see a glimpse of my real personality. So I walked away unscathed. I'm happy with this one. <laughs> there you go. What about personal rating and an audience rating? Personal rating, I'd give myself a B plus because again, you got to see a little bit of who I actually was. Entertainment rating, audience rating, I would go also B. I thought there were some really good scenes. The nail salon scene, a freaking gem, but you know, not the best episode. So I'm going to go with a yeah. B. What about you? Yeah. I'm going audience rating a B. Yeah. I liked the the girl drama. They did a good job of teeing all that up. And then also the just the funny boy crazy moments when you guys are at the crab shack. That yeah. is some IRL moments that are very innocent and pure. And I thought that they got gold there. Um, I don't think MTV planted that guy. I think he was really there. And that it turned real. out to work out <laughs> yeah, very well in their favor. And just to see a couple other faces like Gary, who, yeah. sorry, again, the audience was totally deprived of an amazing personality being in the show. 
but those those scenes you guys were hilarious together and uh, as far as a personal rating i'm going f plus because i was really? barely in it <laughs> you're so hard on yourself <laughs> i can give it a plus well we still had to talk about our relationship once and they did that thing where like i'm gonna be better this time so yeah, yeah as i'm starting to understand my place in the show that is just completely involving me and maybe dating this girl or maybe dating the other girl it's tough to watch but yeah this one barely in it score f plus absolutely okay and then what about your favorite quote I loved when Christina said at the nail salon, yeah, I don't think this whole job thing is going to work out for me. <laughs> I just, I laughed so hard. I thought it was super relatable for a high school kid. No high school kid really wants to work, I don't think. And so I just thought it was cute. Definitely. I had a few jobs. What jobs did you have in high school? Oh my God. My first job was working at the Bikram Yoga Studio and I had to take these sweaty, disgusting towels and put them in the washing machine. <laughs> that was my first one. And then I was a hostess at Salt Creek Girl, remember? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And then obviously you worked at the surf shop, which we've seen a lot. Yeah. So I worked at the surf shop. I did some surf lessons out of there. I worked at Wild Rivers Water Park. Oh, I that's was right. A supervisor of admissions, which was we really went fun. one time, I think, didn't we? Yeah, I remember because everyone would go, you'd come as a crowd, I'd let you all in for free. And yeah. then I'd say, please do not say you know me. If you get yeah. in any sort of trouble, I could tell you guys are feeling yourselves today <laughs> and you're having a lot of fun. So if somebody kicks you out, do not mention my name. And then about an hour later, I'd get on the radio. Uh, Stephen, we've got some friends of yours no. that are down by the wave pool. Uh, can you please come down here? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this happened multiple times. I never learned oh, my lesson. Oh, that is great. It really was like a movie. It was a whole nother high school life, if you will, during the summers out there at the water park. And this is my early years uh, when I was in eighth grade, freshman, sophomore. My brother worked at the park as well. He was my boss and my cousin was controller of the park. So when they actually bulldozed that whole thing and then built homes on it, it was a very depressing day for me. And then that amphitheater that was out there, they they eventually killed that as well. But oh, wow. now about 15 years later, they are rebuilding Wild Rivers in Irvine. Oh, wow. Just like a couple miles down the road. So it's reopening. It's going to have the same name. I know a few of the, the owners that are there. So I'm going to have to head we back to Wild back. Rivers Water yeah. Parks. Yeah, there you Let's go. go have a reunion there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was your quote? Oh, yes, quote was Polster when the guys were all fighting and Polster has his line. He says, guys, guys, come on. Love. Yeah. Just love. <laughs> Polster's full of good one-liners like that. He was awesome. And then I also wrote down, but we spoke about it. Talon says love is a hard thing to break. So Yeah. There were a lot of good quotes this episode. This was a yeah. great episode. It felt really nice just to be an audience member and not be so wrapped up in it emotionally next week. Not so much. I'm a little nervous for Cabo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I could feel myself sweating already. So yeah, you guys will definitely have to come back for that one. Tune in for that next week. We will see you then. Thanks for listening to Back to the Beach with me, Kristen Cavallari, and the best ex-boyfriend ever, Stephen Coletti. We are so stoked to bring you along on this journey back through Laguna Beach with us. You can find us on Instagram at at Dear Media Studio, hashtag BTTBpod, at Kristen Cavallari, and at Stephen Coletti. Got any questions about the show? Give us a call on our Back to the Beach hotline, 1-844-LAGUNA-0. And if you like our show, please make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. 
Back to the Beach is a Dear Media production hosted by Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Coletti. Our show is produced by Rosalie Atkinson. Post-production by Amanda Vandekar, Michelle Harrison, and Taylor O'Connor. Music supervision by Jonathan Lane. Our theme song is Come Clean, written by John Shanks and Cara Diaguardi. Cover composed by Steve Shebby. And our executive producers are Jocelyn Falk, Paige Port, and Michael Bostic. 